All right, guys. Good evening. I'm back. Welcome to the 101th month installment of the Unplugged Alpha series. I'm back and rested. Had an awesome time in Sardinia. Um, Moff did a great job in my absence. Shout out to me. He was able to uh, take care of TUA 99 or uh, Feedback was good. So you'll be seeing uh, me and Moff on in about 90 minutes in our new follow-up show, uh, Ladies Night. He's got a panel of some gals lined up uh, talking about, uh, you know, current events and stuff like that. So that'll be after the show. Uh, Unplugged Alpha carries on as it always has. And uh, tonight's topic is planting a second flag in Europe. And this has come from a, a viewer who, I mean, he essentially sponsored the video. You guys can do this um, if you go to the top pin comment or the description of any of my um, videos on any channel. There's a link there on how to sponsor or request a topic that you want to hit. Sometimes I do these in my car on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. But I thought um, I'd hit this one on tonight's show um, also because I was just in Europe too. So I've got a little bit of frame around it, uh, recent frame anyway. So um, for those of you guys that are here, thank you. Hit the uh, like button, get the likes up. Uh, helps out with the algorithms. Make sure you head on over to the YouTubes. And let me just drop the link here. Uh, here. So if you're watching elsewhere on the interwebs, just click that and join us over there. I'll be dropping the join link for the Q&A. Um, usually about halfway through the show and uh, we'll take call-ins on any topic you guys want. So if there's anything you guys want to chop up, uh, you know, ideas you want to pose, anything at all, um, look for the uh, Q&A join link, which I'll probably drop in about 10 or 15 minutes to get you guys queued up and uh, get on in there so we can do that segment of the show. Um, chat's super active. I left it open for subscribers, so you know, if you guys want to get my attention on anything, you know what to do. Um, so let me just read this request that I got here from this gentleman. So, uh, I put it in the description. It says, I've become stagnant, stagnant in my current life, uh, set up and looking for a second home to help support my growth as a man. I'm 34, lived in the U S most of my life, moved to Thailand two years ago, have enjoyed it thoroughly, but now desire a new mountain to climb. It's always that way when you're, when you're chasing excellence, it's, it's the climb to the top that you enjoy. Once you get to the top, it's like. Oh, look, there's another mountain over there. Let's go over and check that out. Um, that's what that's what winners do. That's what that's what playing to win is all about. He goes on to say, uh, I'm worth eight figures. My business is remote, single, no kids, five foot eleven, handsome and fit, speak English and a bit of Spanish. Says Thailand is easy mode, have dated pageant girls, models, etc. Considering somewhere in Europe, since cities and demographics are more polished and elegant, also have much more competitive environments. Uh, plan on building a family in five years or so. He's 34, so I got 39, 40. Uh, what do you think I should plant my second flag to complement Southeast Asia? Thank you for everything. All right. Um, so where can we begin with this one? So let's turn down this uh, volume knob over here for that one. Um, where do we begin? Let's let's just kind of think this one through because I was just literally in Sardinia, uh, which is an island south of, I think it's Corsica, and west of the boot uh, in the football, if you're looking at the map. Um, I've put myself kind of in a similar situation where I'm looking at, I mean, I've talked about this before many times, so been around for a while, you've heard me say this. Um, I'm looking to get the hell out of Canada and get myself up in a, get myself in a place where taxes are reasonable and men are treated better. Uh, masculinity is respected and admired. So I get the whole um, movement to find uh, more favorable ground where you're treated better. 
Uh, Thailand is, I get lots of positive feedback on Thailand. I had Tony Huge on uh, Plain and Win podcast before I left. It was about three or four weeks ago. And he's got some crazy stories, man. That guy, um, you know, he was a lawyer in California and he basically sold his uh, law firm, went over to Thailand and he hasn't left since. And he's, you know, he's on this like um, life project or game to create a harem of women and uh, you know, have a bunch of babies. And he's got some friends there. Uh, he's got a real interesting story. He's all into like bodybuilding chemistry and biohacking, stuff like that. You can go check that out on the on the um, entrepreneur channel. Uh, but he was um, he wasn't what I expected. I didn't know that he was into certain things, i.e., like ladyboys. So I thought that was, that was interesting. But our friend here is asking the question, like, where in Europe would you set a second flag to complement Southeast Asia? And I get this, you know, thrown at me a lot, man. Like, where do you go? Like, you know, what would you do, Rich? Like, what's your what's your plan? What's your angle? And I think the questions that you got to be asking yourself are probably things along the lines of, what do you like? First of all, what are your tolerances for um, taxes and how the state is going to treat you and extract wealth from you? Because let's be honest, that's all taxes are. I mean, you know, when you get to the nitty gritty of it and you start to understand, it's like, you know, why do we pay so much in the way of taxes in countries like Canada, for example, when they can print unlimited money, right? Um, so we can go down some really deep batshit crazy rabbit holes with tin, tinfoil hats, but that's that's one of the first questions I'm going to be asking is where can I set up this flag where um, if I'm going to live there, and that's probably going to be one of the permanent places that I spend time at, um, but I structure my life in such a way that I'm not allowing the state to steal my wealth from me. Um, simple question. What do you like? Do you like beaches? Do you like mountains? Do you like mountains, mountains and beaches? Do you like cold weather? Do you like warm weather? Do you like skiing? Do you like uh, damp weather do you like humid weather dry heat a lot of questions that you want to ask that i would have to answer for myself when i make my own decision but yours is probably going to be different for me so there's some things that i would ask there as far as climate uh culinary um you know food like what is the food like where you live because there's some countries like if we're being honest that don't have the greatest cuisine that's kind of shit and there's other countries that have really really good food like if you go to the mediterranean area you'll find that um, I think the top two rated countries as far as uh, food would probably be Italy and Greece. Um, I found the food in Italy amazing, really good. The coffee, the coffee there spoiled me. I can't even drink this shit over here anymore now. It's like I'm, I'm fucking ruined. I have to go get one of these, you know, expensive stainless steel machines that, you know, pop all this stuff. And, you know, you get those nice Americanos or espressos. But um, drinking coffee there for like two and a half weeks, it's like I'm ruined. Like I, I can't drink the stuff that they sell here anymore. It's just Nat's piss. Um, so there's things to contemplate, you know, when it comes to lifestyle, like, what do you like to eat? What do you like to drink? You know, does that, does that matter to you? You know, to me, I really like Mediterranean food, especially Italian and Greek food. I, I'm probably more so inclined to enjoy, you know, Greek for food more than Italian food, but that's just my palate. That's what I like. It's kind of what I grew up on too. So there's that. Um, this guy's obviously single and he's looking to start a family in five years or so. So the other questions I'd be asking is what kind of women do you like? Um, now, women are mobile. Like, you can pick up a woman from one country that you like and move her to another country that you like to live in. That's entirely plausible. Um, but I think you want to plant yourself in a place where you're going to get the maximum exposure to the kind of gals that, um, you know, blow your hair back. Um, I'm seeing guys here in the chat saying that there's some feedback. I want to see if you can just check something. Maybe audio. I haven't cast it from this mic since I got back. I'll do this. 
turn that off and see if that improves the sound until I have to throw headphones in to take the call and stuff. Um, one second here. And make that adjustment. I don't know. See if that fixes it. You guys let me know if the sounds a little bit better now. So back to the uh, lady thing. So you'd be wanting to ask yourself questions like, you know, are these the kind of chicks that I want to deal with? Um, more specifically for this guy, because he's planning on building a family is, um, are these the kind of women that um, I can see as my children's mother uh, that I want to put some babies in? So that's a really important one too. Um, I don't know how much that matters to him. It looks like he's um, North American. So he gave me his link to his social media. I'm not going to share it obviously, but he's exactly as he purports, you know, a successful entrepreneur holds up to the public on social media that he lives an interesting life, um, makes good money, you know, from what I can tell from his lifestyle. And he's a handsome fit guy, you know, like as he describes, I'm sure he'll, he'll do just fine. The easy mode that you experience in Southeast Asia probably won't be the same as what you're going to experience in Eastern Europe. Um, it's going to be a little bit more competitive, obviously. And depending on where you're going in Eastern Europe, you might have to deal with um, some more masculine guys than what you've dealt with or competed against in the past, i.e. Uh, lots of strong, virtuous, masculine Eastern European dudes, uh, Russian dudes. They don't like you can't push these guys around, man. Like they like they're they're solid cats, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so culture, culture and, co and competition is probably something that you want to look at, too. So we covered climate, food, taxes, women. Those would be the main things. I think that hobbies and interests should probably matter, too. Um, I'm not going to put this. I I really have grown to have more and more of a distaste for shitty climates as I've gotten older, simply because you don't necessarily need to be there. And if you don't need to be there, then why are you there? You know, basically is the question that I'm asking myself, right? Um, which is part of the reason why I'm trying to get out of this uh, train wreck that, uh, you know, we live in here anyway. So those are a lot of things to contemplate. And, you know, to get to the point of like, what would I do? you know, or where do you think I should plant that second flag? If it was me, I'd set up tax residency in a country that is friendly, that you don't have to spend a lot of time in. Uh, there's different places you can do that. There's places in the Caribbean, uh, Cayman Islands, Barbados has a, uh, a plan where you only have to be there basically for like one day a year. Um, Dubai obviously has their uh, strategy, but Dubai is intolerable um in the hotter seasons like most guys that i know that live there for tax reasons they you know they only are there for a short period of time and then they bug out um but you can still set up your company and your income and your lifestyle so that you're not paying anything in, in uh, taxes um so those would be the places to incorporate as far as um your your financial life because your ass doesn't need to be where sorry your assets don't need to be where your ass is right like you can set up your assets in a place like Dubai, which is central, you know, to all of that, for example, to Asia and to Eastern Europe. And your ass can be in Poland, uh, Latvia, Finland, you know, wherever you want to plant it, you know, at the end of the day. Um, so find what works for you. Uh, for me, it's warm weather, it's access to mountains, it's access to great roads, uh, fast cars, um, those are the kinds of things that I would, that I would see myself enjoying. Probably, um, you know, because oceans, uh, sailboats, so islands. Um, so I'd be looking around, obviously, you know, the Mediterranean. 
for stuff like that. Those would be my points that I would evaluate and consider if that if that helps. So hopefully that makes some sense. It's it's a you know it's a puzzle with a lot of pieces. There's no go here and do this, you know, cut and dry cookie cutter thing. And let's be honest, countries are a lot like women. They reserve the right to change their mind at any given time about how they're going to treat you or how they feel about you. You might receive a strong invitation or, or have a strong calling to a certain country or a certain region. And 10 years down the road, uh, leadership changes. Maybe there's a military coup. Uh, tax laws aren't as favorable. They might become hostile. Uh, there's countries that have turned from pleasant and comfortable and quiet to war zones. There's countries that have um, changed leadership and decided to uh, take assets from expats. Um, you know, like over time, their laws and regulations change. So I don't think any one place would be a good idea. But to this guy's point, like this is a second flag. So this is place number two for him. You'd want more than one passport. You probably want uh, access to more than just one country so that you can maneuver if things do change. So there's also that to consider because over time, again, like women, uh, countries reserve the right to change their mind at any given time. And 10 years down the road, what, what you thought was good may not be good. You know, I can say that for Canada, right? Like my parents came here when I was young. I was born in the UK and this was the place to go, right? It was either here or the States. And they they came here mostly because my mom's uh, mother, so my uh, yeah, yeah, you know, which is a Greek term for grandmother, uh, lived here. So, of course, um, you know, she persuaded my dad because that's what men have always been told to do. Like, you know, you do what's right. Uh, happy wife, happy life, blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. And they came to Canada. Um, this is not the same place that I was a child in, that I grew up in. A lot of things have changed. The wokeness, the rainbows, the alphabet crowd, the pronouns. Uh, tax rates have gone through the roof. Um, your personal freedoms have been stripped and robbed from you in all areas of life. You know, I'm not just talking about scamdemic stuff and the forceful jabs and um, like even laws for pl pleasurable things that we always enjoyed when we were kids, like driving fast cars. Uh, you know, they've climbed down in areas so hard that whenever we do rallies now, we don't even do them in Canada. We go down to the States because one, I mean, the roads are very good and the Appalachian Trail. And two, uh, the laws aren't quite as hostile in certain states. Virginia's a bit of a pain in the ass, but you know, there's all these things that have changed over time so you you can't just say you know this is the spot and it's got to be the spot going forward that can change and it probably will change for a lot of people so uh you know keep that in mind that's why when i talk about the stuff in my uh, school of entrepreneurship and i saw somebody you know put in the chat there you know when does that open again um just follow my content follow me on social media on you know make sure you're on the email list and you'll get notified when it opens up i'm not going to open it up until um another month or two or so uh, I've got a bunch of other projects that I'm working on right now. And, um, you know, you'll hear the announcements for those as the week goes on because we're because we're really uh, we're on to some big things uh, for this fall and winter. So there's that. I hope that answers the question. And, uh, you, you know, the notion of planting another flag in another country um, is something that every guy contemplates. The world the world isn't as big and as far away as it used to be, especially as you get older, especially, you know, you're more successful you know, as you make more money. You can travel and it's not that expensive really to travel around and get in nice places and the comfort of travel isn't uh particularly inconvenient you know it's not a it's not a far reach to be on a comfortable flight for 10 hours and you know just chill out and fall asleep in like a cocoon or a, a bed or a bug or whatever you you know want to call those little things but you get the idea all right so let's do this um 
Let me grab the join link uh, for the Q&A segment. And I'll drop that in the YouTube. So uh, call in and ask a question. Can you guys let me know in the chat if the um, audio is improved? Um, I'm not sure what the deal was with that, but hopefully those comments, question, boom. So there's a StreamYard link. And that to uh, the top message. And again, if you guys are watching elsewhere on the interwebs, uh, get your ass over to uh, YouTube. There's a YouTube link again, and uh, it's spread out. So there you go. Anyway, um, yeah, planting a second flag. Uh, you know, it's such a slow, laborious process that just seems to take a lot of time. There's just a lot to contemplate and do. And, you know, here's the other thing that I was talking about too, you know, the other day was when you spend time in a country and you start setting down, I mean, you can call it roots, you know, planting trees and roots and, you know, they, they dig deep and, and wide. You can call it, you know, dropping anchors. Um, you know, you sit down in a country, you set up banking, you set up a business, um, you have family there, you meet a gal, you have kids. Each one of those things that I mentioned is an anchor that you drop, right? I mean, if you're on a sailboat and you're in a, um, Anchorage, you know, sort of thing. The more of these lines with the heavy weights that you drop down, the more that's sort of keeping you in place and holding you there. So the notion of being location independent and maneuverable and having the ability to maneuver, I think is a really good concept and something to um, be good at. If you're going to be good as a man and, uh, you know, being a good man, you know, in the areas of life and stuff that we contemplate, um, setting down anchors and being permanent is difficult to uproot you know, yourself from there's a lot of i don't know what you want to call them like these vagabonds these um internet entrepreneurs the four-hour work week you know sort of dudes from a couple of decades ago you know from that uh, like school of thinking they um they just rent and they make good money and they'll go and do something like grab an airbnb for three months in south africa all right and then we'll grab one for a couple months in indonesia all right and then we'll grab one somewhere in new zealand all right and they'll grab one in hawaii all right and it's like their laptop and whatever they need comes with them. And they have pretty much their entire network. As long as they have an internet connection, they have their entire network at their beck and call, you know, to schedule a Zoom and, you know, deal with, with whatever it is that it's got to be. That is the way forward for, I think, the ultimate man as we sort of move and navigate into these next decades. Because... I mean, they're already talking on social media today about mass mandates coming back. Apparently, there's new scary variants coming out of Canada and people are having headaches and sniffles and stuff like that. And uh, airlines and the government and certain retailers are now talking about uh, mass and mandates and jabs coming back, you know, this fall and winter. And I don't know that they're serious about that. They might be testing the water, but there's a lot of pushback on social media uh, with people saying, fuck that do not comply and all that. And I really hope that that soundbite, you know, that trend, that, that, uh, message of freedom, you know, that message of, uh, sovereignty and ownership reaches a lot of people. Um, because like, it's a sad state of affairs, man. Like, you know, the shit that they pulled on us and how people lost time, um, you know, weren't able to see loved ones, weren't able to, like, I know people that weren't able to 
whole dying family members because of because of stupid rules and it's like you know going back to that just seems insane let me grab the super chat here uh mackin156 says welcome back rich after 10 years of leaving canada next year coming back to poland to do fire firefighting again sad but canada in last six years changed a lot yeah dude like like i said um i've been here since the late 70s and i've seen it change a lot it's and it's not approved it's like i haven't seen any improvement at all and if anything you know the summers seem to be getting shittier uh the winters are just shittier like you can't even ski as much you don't get as much snow it's not as sunny in the summertime like one thing i noticed when i was in um, sardinia and what we did was we went there and um you know i grabbed a car rental i put about i think 16 or 1800 kilometers on the car we drove the whole island you know with my girlfriend um you know we started at the top kind of went down the east coast for the mountains sort of through the middle of the like the entire island is mountainous saw the entire place uh, weather was perfect every day. Like I'm talking sunny, 30, 32, 34, uh, amazing food, you know, friendly people. I mean, they don't speak much English at all. So that's, it's kind of difficult, but it's a, kind of a blessing too at the same time because you, people don't know you, uh, you know, it's like, there's nobody like, Oh, Hey, Rich or anything like that. It's like, you know, you just kind of like cruised in, in and, you know, mostly a non-fashion and it's just great. Um, honestly, like, you know, this dude Mackin, I get what you're saying, bro. And, uh, absolutely positively. Um, Never been to Poland. I think I'd like to check it out as well. Um, I had some Polish uh, connections, I guess, growing up, and um, they were always fun to hang out with and spend time with. And uh, I think they're good people. So, you know, it's an interesting culture. A lot of Europe is really nice. You know, it's really it's really beautiful and historic. And that's it's starting to change in some areas with policies and globalism and like inclusivity and wokeness and rainbows and alphabet stuff. But it seems like the more Eastern, less woke inclusive sort of branded sort of countries are still solid picks in places so this you know that's something else that i would also contemplate as well too um again guys the link to call in for the q a segment is dropped it's pinned in the top comment it says there call in and ask a question it's StreamYard link click it join it come on in and uh bring whatever you got from you guys you want to talk about uh dating women relationships divorce uh making money any social topics you bring it, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll chop that up. Uh, I'm going to run the ad reel for a couple of minutes and then we'll hop back in and we'll start doing some Q and A again, that links there. So let's, so let's dive in that in a second. This episode is brought to you by the unplugged alpha supplements and Grondike soap company brothers. If you're like me and you take what you put in your body, seriously, you'll want to use the unplugged alpha supplements An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine 
lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. I should mention, um, cause I had to come back and deal with uh, a bunch of emails from people that had supplements on order and they're like, yo, where's my order? And, um, we are out of stock on a few items. So if you see it sold out on the website and you place the order might be uh, a few days to a week, maybe even a week or two before we can get, um, fresh, uh, stock out to you guys. So, uh, just be aware of that if you're placing orders or if you got renewals on the orders, but, um, I had a call with them today and uh, we're doing our best to get those um, restocked ASAP. Um, all right, we got uh, the call-in link up there for StreamYard. Again, it's in the uh, top of the live chat pinned up there. Uh, let's see what Wahlberger's got. He wanted to have a conversation about these fires and the uh, anxiety all over the planet with global warming. What's up, my man? Hey, Rich, welcome back, first and foremost. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I just want to. Uh, so the chat. world's on fire, huh? <laughs> the world is on fire. It's That's what they say. And it's global warming. It's global warming. That's it's, what they say. What do you think about all that? <laughs> I think that it's uh, pretty interesting that an island has got a lack of water to put out uh, fires, as in. Mm. We, I think that's. Uh, and they had apparently the best alarm system on the planet as well that they just chose not to uh, ring. So all of that, but hey, it's global warming that's doing it. Yeah, I'll say this. I mean, when I was on Sardinia, they had two of the Bombardier water bombers there at the airport, and they had some fires going on there as well, too. Um, people don't know this about me, but I used to work for the Ministry of Natural Resources for a summer when I was 16. They had this program called the Junior Ranger Program. And what they did was they took a bunch of 16 year olds up north to Northern Ontario. Uh, mostly our parents didn't want to deal with us. So they stuck us on a train at Union Station, downtown Toronto. We went up to Foliette, Ontario. Um, and then they took us to another town called Chapleau. And all around there, there's uh, tree planting, uh, taking weevils out of trees, clearing portage trails. We did all this shit for the government, basically for minimum wage. And we were learning about forestry and forest fires because that was one of the areas that we had to deal with. There was a couple of forest fires that we had to get some piss packs. They had these squirt packs. So you'd fill them with water and you basically squirt them like this and you deal with ground fires with them. So we had a little bit of a training session and we learned that there's really only three sources of uh, forest fires. So the stuff that you guys see today, it only comes from three places. Lightning strikes, uh, sparks that come off of... Um, improperly maintained or aligned uh, rail lines or tracks on uh, trains uh, or human negligence. And human negligence doesn't cause that many forest fires. There's there's the odd new guy that, that, that goes out camping. He's a bit of a dipshit and he doesn't know how to put out a fire sort of thing. But most people that are outdoorsmen and they go out, they they generally care about you know the environment and putting out fires properly. So it's, it, it's mostly lightning strikes that cause most forest fires. And I'll tell you something. I was scrolling through Twitter like a couple months ago. Actually, this was more towards the spring when the uh, Quebec forest fires were really ripping it out. And I think Casey Neistat put a video out um, about New York City and like the skyline was all orange and you couldn't see like, you know, your hand in front of your face and it was really bad. And he was, you know, he's talking about all that. 
And I saw this uh, satellite imagery over Quebec on where all the fires started. And I'm actually surprised that they released this because this told me exactly what happened. There was something like nine to 11 fires that all started at the exact same time. So it was, so it was time-lapse video, right? So you see like, you know, the ticker at the bottom and you see yep. smoke plumes simultaneously in 11 different places in Northern Quebec all start. And then you see them get caught in the wind and they sort of blow across the province, right? Not a single cloud in the sky. Okay, so that rules out lightning. What are the chances of trains, sparks coming off mismanaged lines and, and tracks simultaneously in 11 different locations starting those fires? I'd say almost nil. And I would probably argue that there is almost like no or, or any rail lines near those areas. So that, so that rules out lightning and it rules out trains, which means it's got to be humans that started the fires. Right. And I've never seen like the amount of fires that we have burning in Canada right now that we do this year in any other past year, which tells me they were started intentionally. That's what I think. So yeah. why would they do that? It's to fear monger and it's to argue for more taxation and carbon taxes and more taxes for this, that, and the other thing, because um, that's, that's part of the global agenda, right? Like that's part of the, you know, they tried the scamdemic and that worked for a few years, right? And it's like, okay, we have to try to control people with something new, something more scary, something, oh, the world is on fire because of global warming. Bullshit. It's cold as fuck here in the summertime now. It's not even that warm. Well, how interesting that in 2020 was, uh, I believe, a worldwide low for uh, forest fires. Yeah. Interesting that during those years, everyone was uh, made to be inside in a everyone way. Everyone was locked down. Yeah. So what interesting. Do where do you live, by the way? In Calgary. In Calgary. So. So, I mean, you're probably pretty pretty familiar with what I'm talking about when it comes to fires and, and, and forestry and stuff then? Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and I'm going to dig into it as well. But from my understanding is that there was a program where they would clear fuel from the forests um, to make sure that there wasn't dead branches, light grass, all of that that's going to go up. And they really scaled back on that heavily. So I think that's a component to it. Uh, yeah, they usually have controlled burns um, to deal with dead brush, and there's some there's some forest management in that area. But forest fires have always happened, right? Like it's it's yeah. a natural part of you know the world, and, and and climate changes, right? Like climate has always changed. I don't think it's it should be called climate change no. or global warming. Climates change. No, right? like twelve thousand eight hundred years ago, we had a massive ice age, and you know there was a significant. Uh, they say meteor impact in different parts of the world. It probably broke up, you know, the atmosphere. And, you know, we've had climate change various times throughout history. You know, every every few thousand, you know, years, sometimes every 10,000 years, we have dramatic changes. It's just, this is just a random thing. I don't think it's like human involvement or influence. I think it's like they're doing this on purpose to try to scare shit. Well, right? yeah. I mean, uh, how convenient that... Um, that it's called global, global boiling, apparently. Is that, say is again? that a thing? The UN is calling it global boiling now. Is that a thing? I don't know about that particular terminology. What I know is that today in the National Post, there was a story about uh, how literally it says that uh, the, the planet is on fire and that also it's connected to anxiety throughout. So talking about there was a study done on children seeing smoke and if they... Mm -hmm smoke then that connects them to a lot of different anxieties 
uh, problems with behavior, all of this other type of, of nonsense. So now that we're saying, saying this, <laughs> another reason to really keep people afraid and scared, stay inside again, because it's smoke, right? Smoke, don't breathe it in. So, yeah. so it's so interesting that it's, it's creating the same effect that we had of that uh, little illness that we had just recently. Yeah. And a lot of uh, interesting little details are coming out of that post this. And then literally they can't get creative enough to create something that to make everyone feel for, fearful. They're literally just going to be right on the face of it and say, hey, the world's on fire now. Stay inside. I mean, and it's global warming. Okay. Okay. Uh, like people are just getting more gullible and stupid as time goes on. And uh, I'm sorry, guys, I just don't have a lot of patience for it. Like I understand, you know, being cautious and paying attention to some media pieces that are broadcasted to you. Like I remember during the scamdemic in, you know, in the early months, like let's say it happened, it was around January, February, March that it really started to ramp up in that year. And then it was yeah. by like March, it's like, okay, this is happening now. It's a pandemic wear masks, stand on your dots, social distance. Okay, fine. You know, maybe this is a real thing. Right. A month or two goes by and I'm like, you know, I'm concerned for my parents. I'm like, look, don't go anywhere. We'll get your groceries, you know, just, just chill out, you know, because they're older, stuff like that. So, and then I, I'm like, hang on, if this is such a big thing and it's a, you know, really that bad, why do I not know anybody that's sick or dying or dead? Why does nobody that I know not know anybody that's sick or dying or dead? Why is everybody, you know, doing weird things like driving in a car with their windows up, wearing gloves and a mask? Like, it just didn't start adding up. And I remember by like April of that year, I put out a video. It's on my Entrepreneurs in Cars channel. So I, I think the title of it was something like uh, Sheeple the Dot Standing People, because that's what I saw. I saw Sheeple standing on dots and it was like, oh, you know, you got to social distance, like get away from me sort of thing. Like they were wigging out sort of stuff, right? Yes. Absolutely. And it's like, wow, we really got everybody going in that direction real quick. Everybody gave up on uh, autonomy, on uh, sovereignty, on their own self, you know, control. And they, and, you know, 75% of the population fell for it, right? Because about 75% got the jabs. Some people were forced to, it was like, if you don't do this and we're going to fire you sort of thing. Uh, I know some people's wives were like, look, I've done it. You need to do it, you know, to protect the household. And the guy's like, fine, whatever, you know, I'll just do it. Yeah. Okay. So. You see what I'm saying here, right? Like Absolutely. people, people fall for stuff all the time. And I don't know, man, I think humans are just gullible. I think that we're just a very gullible species, very successful species, but we're also very gullible too. Yeah. I think that this is a, a recent though, right? I think that this COVID set, that illness <laughs> set an interesting standard, right? And, and it was a great litmus test to see a, what people will actually do and will succumb to. Oh yeah. And it's it's a pretty low bar that we've gone. So the fact that we've got certain organizations worldwide or organizations saying that they want uh no one to own anything and you'll be happy. Yeah. And to control, I mean it's right out in front of us and they're not hiding the situation. How interesting that these two occurrences that mysterious illness that we had um, plus now these fires create the same result in people to be fearful, full of anxiety and say, hey, stay inside. If you see smoke, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, reason in regards to smoke that makes, however, 
this is all coming together for the same result. And when you've got certain organizations clearly stating that they don't want you to own things any longer and prices are being driven up at everything, it doesn't take a lot to put the little pieces together to see what's happening. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it is a crazy ass world that is uh, coming at us. And um, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't want to, I, I just don't want a part of it. You know, I don't want to play the stupid games. I don't want to, I don't want to live in places where they're going to pull shit like this and they, and they can lock you down or prevent you from leaving. Uh, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to let happen. What, what happened a few years ago happen again. So it's like, you know, if you see the writing on the wall, like I do, you know, take the appropriate steps and make sure that you are in control of your life. It's, you know, it's as simple as that. That's right. Well, I've, I've got a young son. He's six. So I'm yeah. not going. And this stuff makes me willing to fight. Right? Is your is your ex willing to, like, does she see it from the same perspective that you do? Or, or is she like about more like, you know, comply, scared of. Oh, you know, full outside? That absolutely. Um, yeah, that's one of the difficult things when you're divorced, right? You know, if you like people don't like divorce can be one of the best times of your life ever. And one of the shittiest times in your life ever too. Right. Because like, you know, you've got freedom and you got your kids. Um, and if you did it right, you're not poor. Right. But now you're anchored to Calgary. Right. Cause you got a small kid yeah. and you know, you can't take your kid away from the mom. You know, that's not allowed. Uh, it, no. you know, she technically can't do the same to you. So you got to kind of stick it out and you have conversations around like, well, does Billy need that, uh, you know, uh, experimental jab that they're telling us that we really need? Uh, is he up to date on all of his experimental jabs that he needs to go to this grade of school and, you know, this school? Because that's how they enforce it on you, right? Like, we never had that when I was a kid. No. I, I never had any vaccinations when I was a kid. But now they have certain vaccinations that are mandatory. Um I'm I'm not too worried about them because they're older ones and they're the older tech. They're not the mRNA bullshit ones. Um, but they are enforcing more and more on you and your families that we ultimately had the freedom to just, you know, decide and choose, um, when we were younger, we did and real is real. out now showing that an MRNA does not leave your body. There's no removal yeah. from you once that's in there. So, um, so that is something that we're finding out now post that this is a big issue. And again, this is something I'm going to fight for. And Rich, you say, I can't leave. Where are you going to go? This is all across the planet now. There's oh, it's across most of the West. Yeah. Yeah. Some places so, that are slightly better, you know, slightly worse than others, but it's like, yeah. And, and that's why when I'm, you know, looking at this, when people go like, well, where are you going to go? It's like, I don't know that I'm going to go anywhere permanently to be honest with you. Cause for me, a sailboat has a couple anchors, you know, bound stern, you can hang out in a country for as long as you want. If you don't like it, you can pull, pull up your shit and you can sail somewhere else, right? That's one of the cool things that I like about that. So you can set up your tax residency in a country you don't really need to live in and spend most of your time in that way. So there's so there's options, right? Like there's there's yeah. things that you can do when you start, you know, sort of digging into it. The thing that you that you have to acknowledge that you can't ignore is that if you want to have those options, though, you have to have your life structured in such a way that you have the maneuverability, right? So you know, to a point like you and, you know, for me, even like my kids a little bit older, but inviting the right kind of person, you know, the right kind of woman in your life. I mean, if you're going to have children with a woman, make better choices. Like I'm sure you, as I've come to acknowledge, you know, in my own life could have done some better vetting, could have, could have acknowledged red flags as I saw them um, and avoided, 
you know, the life that I've created, you know, for myself where I can't leave right now either. Right. Like I've got to figure out shit over the next few years as I'm planning it. And, you know, um, it is what it is, man. But yeah, that is, that is life. We've covered a lot in this one, Wahlberger. Well, I think one thing too, Rich, is that the biggest solution to this or elixir for it is a conversation that you have. I mean, I've listened to you for, I don't know how many hours, been part of this as well. And having logical conversation with those who are making decisions that seem to be built on emotion. Mm. I've rarely seen someone step up and, and debate with you and not agreed in the end with what you said, because you with realistic situation so that people have come on and talked to you looking to be in opposition yet they walk away in agreement mm. so we need to do that all the time but the thing is people aren't willing to step up and talk because some of this these things that are being said are so ridiculous conversations and, you just and, walk you know. away. i get it anyway um yeah, i got a few you. other guys waiting but um yeah it's it good seeing you man we'll uh catch up soon okay welcome back bro see you buddy thanks all right. Um, again, guys, the join link to call in and ask a question is pinned at the top of the uh, YouTube chat. Uh, click it. I'm going to be on till I don't know, about 830, I think, doing doing Q&A. And then we're switching over to ladies night with Moff. He's got some gals lined up. Um, let's see what we got here for uh, Super Chats. For man-made fires, they sometimes even tell you uh, incompetent land management agency started them with a controlled burn. Well, look, again, um, I... I wasn't in forest management. I was a 16 year old being trained by people that were in forest management. So I spent like only a couple months with these guys and incompetent is not a word that I would describe anybody in that space. They, they're, they're all, they're all very respectful of land. They're all very, very respectful of nature. Um, they care for it. They love it. It's where their family lives. You know, it's where they've lived almost their entire life. Um, so unless something has changed dramatically since then and they've put dipshits in charge of things like controlled burns, I can't see that being it. I really can't, um, which only leaves what we talked about earlier, which is, again, I don't think there's much of a debate there. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, global boiling. Let me just quickly go through these chats over here. And Yeah. Guys, this is live. If you're watching elsewhere, come on over to YouTube, uh, hit the like button over there for the algorithms and uh, dive in. Uh, Q&A will be open for about another 45 minutes. Uh, again, if you want to ask a question, any question, any topic you want, guys, it's open to everybody, young, old, even if you agree or disagree with me. I do like the disagreements. I, I actually prefer them. I mean, if you have if you have a better solution to something that I've talked about, let's hear what it is, man. You know, let's chop it up. Um, Axel, let's see what you got here for us, buddy. What's up, my friend? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. What's happening tonight? Good to hear. Um, just actually an interesting uh, topic you got going on today. I actually just spent a week in London, working out of London. and uh, London, England? London, cold. Ontario? Oh, uh, no. London, UK. Like okay. out in, uh, yeah, across the Atlantic. Um, I will say, I mean, I keep thinking about this as well. What's going to be a viable place to to move away? Like I live in Vancouver right now. I've been thinking of moving to Kelowna because it's like, you know, it's beautiful right place. Now. But now we've got these forest fires going on there, which in, which in itself is a complete, uh, complete mess. And so it's got me reevaluating, okay, well, what would be a good place where I can still have like, still be able to have like reasonable client calls when it comes down to it? Because mm. I, I just spent a week in London and it's like during the day I got the full time to myself. 
but five o'clock turns around and I'm meeting people at uh, in Vancouver, mm-hmm. meeting people in Australia. And it's like, okay, well, clearly, uh, you know, you could do this for like a short time span, but when you have people that are all around the world and when you work, when you're working remotely in that regard, mm-hmm. how do you balance your life? So, you know, you don't burn yourself out or you don't just, you know, you're not completely locked into that type of lifestyle where you just yeah, work problem, and you're it? barely, barely living, so to speak. Yeah, it's a problem. So, I mean, my, my plan when I went away on vacation was, um, I mean, Moff and I were talking about this and I said, look, you know, why don't you run the show and I'll get up early and I'll, and I'll do the show with you. Like, you know, you sort of kick it off and I'll probably get up by like 5 a.m. like I always do here anyway. And then we'll do it together. And I just couldn't get up in the morning, man, because the fucking jet lag and the time zone changed because it was six hours ahead. So it's like, you know, um, 7.46 right now. It's like, you know, it's the middle of the night. over there. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever. Yeah. Um, so we're like, okay, well, what if you do the show at 10.30 or 11? And then I hop in, you know, early in the morning. I just couldn't get up. Uh, so I just messaged him. I said, dude, just run the show by yourself. Um, it's hard. So time zones do pose problems for stuff like that. Like all of my audience, well, not all, but the vast majority of my audience is in North America, right? It's in the North American time zone. So when I'm live, like the reason why I go live in the evening on Monday nights is that's the best time for me to do it. Cause mm-hmm. that's when most people would be around to watch it live, you know, to participate and do the call-ins and all that sort of stuff. So it's something that I'd have to contemplate too, is like, if, you know, I'm going to set up a, a flag or whatever somewhere in, you know, the Mediterranean, how the hell do I do the shows? Right. You know, if I'm doing live shows, Caribbean would be easier because it's in the same time zone. South America might be an option too. I have friends that live in South America that they really like South America. Like I've never been, so I can't really comment on it, but it's, I think it's one of those things where you kind of have to go around and investigate to see what really works for you. Um, that's another compromise that I forgot to mention at the opening of the show, right? Because the guy was like, you know, second flag and where would you go? It's like, okay, well, that's something that I personally would need to contemplate because if I'm going to do anything live, you know, live um, as I am right now and where most of my audience is, I've got to cater to their time zone too, right? So that's something yeah. that you got to think about. There's no fix for that. Like you can't, you can't change time zones. Yeah, you can change I mean, where you, you locate yourself, but you can't change yeah. the way the time zones operate. Yeah, you can endure it only. You can only endure it for only such a long time. But you don't want to kind of set that as the uh, yeah. as the norm for for day to day. I do think about like South America as well. Like, I mean, but the only thing that comes to mind it's like uh, anything like automotive related to there, and kind of like what the roads look like. So for your friends mm-hmm. that live out, like, well, live down there, how do they like it? And what's their what do their hobbies typically look like? That they're actually enjoying it. Their hobbies are mostly girls. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not too concerned with roads and the quality of roads and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't asked that question. Um, that there's some batshit crazy drivers in other parts of the world. And I think if you're looking in certain South American countries, you, you gotta be mindful of that if you like, if you like fast cars or even if you like riding motorcycles, cause there's a lot of deaths, um, from negligence and from, um, you know, bad driving. Um, so that's something to look at too. I can't really answer that one for you, my friend. Fair enough. I just on a separate note, I did notice on your Instagram, but you were driving around in the, uh, Fiat 500. Yeah. I, uh, spent some time in Poland as well. I rented the similar one manual yeah. transmission too. I figured, all right, no problem. I'm going to hit the road. Yeah. Took freaking thing took like 14 seconds yeah, just to reach like top speed in that. And then <laughs> some asshole cuts off in front of you. And it's like, okay, I got to like build up my momentum to get up to speed again. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 so you know, there's a funny story about that because I because I got off the flight and I didn't really have a good sleep 
flying out there and we got to the car rental place and there was a huge lineup of the place that I had reserved with. And I don't think they even had cars. Mm. So I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to stand in the lineup. So I go to the first place. I'm like, give me a convertible, you know, Italian car. He's like, no problem. If you had 500 convertible, I didn't even think to ask for a faster car. Cause I was so tired. I didn't even think to ask if they had a, a Barth. I didn't think to ask about any of those things. They're just like, just give me a car, you know, just yeah. get me the hell out of there. And I didn't realize how slow, <laughs> that 500c is it is such a turtle and the italians have such a sense of humor when it comes to uh rating their engine power because they rate it in italy at 69 horsepower and 69 pound feet of torque it's mm -hmm. a one liter three cylinder motor now i don't know what, what was it 20 30 years ago anyway my like one of my very first cars was a 1988 suzuki forza and my 1988 Suzuki Forza was a one liter three cylinder. Okay. This is like over 30 years ago from, from today. That thing had 72 horsepower. How is it 30 years ago, a Japanese one liter th three cylinder had more power than an Italian one today? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, yeah. you're right. It's a total piece of shit. It is so slow, but it's charming. Like it's charming. Without that, I would have got stuck between buildings because you really need something that, that narrow when you're in cities oh, yeah. in Italy yeah. down those narrow roads. Um, because that's where a lot of my Airbnbs were, right? We're like, yeah. you know, like downtown cores. I was going to say the fact that it, uh, they still offer those like tiny cars in manual and like they, yeah. they move around so easily to like jump onto a curb and park somewhere. It makes it no problem to do like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like they that. do have a updated version of the Fiat 500 called the Abarth. I think it's 695 or something like that. And that's got 180 horsepower, right? Mm -hmm. Which is actually oh, yeah. pretty decent. And yeah. that I would like to get my hands on next time I actually go there. I think yeah. that would be fun. Yeah. No, that'd be a good move. Cool. All right, man. Take it easy. Good seeing you, buddy. Take care. Um, guys, the StreamYard link, somebody's just asking in the comments, the StreamYard link is pinned at the top of the live chat on YouTube. And again, if you're watching this elsewhere on the interwebs, there's the YouTube link. Get your ass over there and uh, hit the like button. Um, let me just answer this question real quick. Hold on a second. <clears throat> Drop my uh, coconut water. Um how do you feel about religion and relationships? Uh, that's an interesting topic. So um, how do I feel about religion and relationships? So here's a few interesting thoughts that I've had about religion and relationships. Uh, religion, look, how many religions are there around the world? So let's start with that. Uh, hundreds, thousands? I don't know. There's somewhere between hundreds and thousands of uh, prolific religions around the world. So they all think they have their own unique set of rules, different from others. They have their own, um, I don't know, man that they worship in the sky or woman or whatever it happens to be. And they all think that they're right. I mean, most wars throughout history have been over um, religious uh, conflict. Megadeth wrote a, a song called Holy Wars uh, back when I was a kid. Um, so there's, so there's that. And then you've got, you know, like stuff with relationships tied into religion. And what do you think about religion and relationships? And that sometimes brings up questions like, well, uh, if you're Palestinian, would you date a Jew and Israeli? You know, if you're a Christian, would you date a Muslim, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, um, look, I like to keep things nice and simple. So I am agnostic. I'm not a religious, whatever it is you want to call it. It doesn't matter. I just, don't see I don't see putting anything 
else, anybody other's interests, anybody other's ideas or stories ahead of mine is what it boils down to me, for me. Will that change for me in the future? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. In fact, I've been non-religious for most of my life. Um, my mom growing up was uh, Greek Orthodox. My dad got caught up in the Jehovah's Witness stuff uh, for a few years, created a lot of conflict between them. The extent of my religious involvement growing up was uh, going to uh, East, going to Greek Orthodox Church on Easter and uh, Christmas, and that was really it. And then we go rollerblading and get McDonald's, you know, sort of things. Not rollerblading, roller skating. <laughs> that's yeah, that's how old I am. So they used to have uh, roller arenas. Um, so look, man, uh, like it is what it is. Like if you find that it's productive and it provides use in your life and guidance and values, and you need that. Like if you need guidance and values, like if you need those things, then uh, go for it. And I would, um, you know, I've said this before because people ask me all the time and I, you know, have to say it again, but I don't know about all religions out there. I know about the main ones. And if I were to recommend one, I would probably have to recommend Islam. Um, it's probably one of the few ones where men are still valued. Uh, men and women have, you know, distinguished, defined roles. Um, I don't know of one that seems to make better sense to me. Everything else has been polluted out there, right? You know, like you see, uh, Christianity and Catholicism happening, uh, in Western world anyway. And it's like the churches are just like, they're just a disaster. Some of the stuff they're talking about, they don't subscribe to the original rule book. The original rule book had good rules. I think generally speaking, uh, outlined to guide people, um, to a great path of life and those rules have have changed you know like you know where they once said that uh for a man to lay with another man is now totally fine today and you know we'll marry you under the banner of our god you know sort of stuff um so it's interesting how rules of change and exceptions have been made um we can do an entire conversation you guys want to call in and talk about it ask whatever question you want i mean I'm happy to talk about that too, uh, but it is a interesting, uh, you know, dialogue to, to dive down. Rich, ever thought about visiting Istanbul? Yeah, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna go to Greece this summer um, and hop on a sailboat. And Istanbul is one of the places that I was uh, planning on visiting, kind of like en route back. Um, but the plans changed, and we ended up doing uh, Sardinia instead. So, you know, uh, maybe sometime in the future. But uh, yeah, Turkey's on the list. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Guys, again, the call-in link to ask questions. Uh, it's a StreamYard link. It's pinned at the top of the live chat. Somebody was asking in the comments if the time of the show has uh, changed. And yes, I did announce it in the um, community tab of the uh, YouTube channel uh, twice, in fact, over the last few weeks, just to get you know give you guys a heads up. Uh, Unplugged Alpha show kicks off at 7 uh, p.m. Eastern. And we're doing ladies night uh, after that at 8.45. And uh, Moff coordinates a uh, panel of gals for that. And we uh, talk about slightly different conversation pieces, which I think are interesting. The first one we did was, I think, a lot of fun. And uh, the feedback we got was mostly positive. Some of you guys didn't like it. And that's cool. You don't have to watch it. Uh, Unplugged Alpha is still going to be run by me. And I'll still host it. And we'll still do the call-in. So I'm, I'm always going to be here doing this because it's because it's part of uh, part of me and what I'm about. Um. All right, we got uh, Willem here. He wants to chime in, ask a question. Let's see what we got. Uh, hey, man, what's up? Bye-bye. Uh, it's not sort of just much as asking a question, but I wanted to tell you how I've been listening to you for a few years. 
And what I learned from you is that uh, a high-value man is uh, always busy, always doing something, you know, never uh, pandering, uh, doing stupid stuff. Uh, mm. Always, uh, he's not chasing tail. And uh, I noticed that uh, he realizes some basic truths about life. Uh, you know, uh, there's no friendship between men and women. You are supposed to make money. Uh, you're supposed to pick up heavy stuff and put it down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what I like about your message is that you have li- these clear, concise points uh, that presented in very simple way. Uh, you don't do 17-hour talk shows with 17 <laughs> girls in Miami or uh, you don't analyze. Uh, no, I like to keep it keep it short, man. I don't need to go on for six hours. Yeah, or that's what I like about your message. And, um, you know, I've been very sad and I want to tell you this. Have you noticed, like, when you, when you take a look at... Uh, you and the people that you associate with that are that have very interesting traits about them that they don't believe in scandemic they are high earners they are alpha males they they talk very well mm-hmm. uh, you noticed like in your life how people around you disappear like think about andrew tate think about gonzalo lira i don't have to go on like well you know it's kind of it's sad sometimes you know that that's what i want to tell you <laughs> yeah i mean like andrew tate's kind of on his own mission right now um He's, he's still being evaluated, um, you know, as far as whether or not he's a uh, good man, you know, I suppose. You know, I've been saying this for months now, you know, I, you know, I think a lot about men and, you know, uh, whether or not they're good men and good at being a man. And I think guys like Andrew are uh, good at being men, for sure. Um, you know, there's no question about that. But, you know, the question of whether or not he's a good man is on trial uh, very, very publicly. And, um, I don't know what's up with Gonzalo. I know that the, um, was it the Ukrainians that took him and held him for a few months and they let him go and he tried to run across the border. Did he ever yeah. make it across the border? Do you know, like, was there any updates? Nobody on knows. That? There's no info anywhere. It's like all war zone keeping hidden, but you know, it's he, hasn't, of- he hasn't done a video since he did that video where he was talking about crossing the border. No, no, nothing. No info anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, with a guy like Gonzalo, like he seemed, you know, I've said this to him before publicly too, when I had him on, um, last time but he seems like he's got a death wish right like he i think he said <laughs> something along the lines of he's sick or he's got uh limited time because of a heart condition and um i mean for me personally like i know he's a father and he's got kids and i don't know if his relationship with his uh children's uh mom is tested or if it's stressed or or if they're not together but i wouldn't be making videos and fighting with the ukrainian military or any of that shit i would be like hanging out with my uh, kids and you know, like if you only got a few years left, that's what I would be doing. But I don't know, like sometimes people just go AWOL, right? Like, and, yeah. you know, people change and they develop and they evolve over time. Me too, dude. Like if you like, like it's 2023, I, I started out this YouTube channel almost 10 years ago. It was 2014, uh, March 23rd, 2014. So it'll be 10 years next, uh, sorry, May. Um, you'll see that my content has changed dramatically over the years too. Um, but I feel like, I, okay, I just said, I feel like. I think that my message and my beliefs have been updated for the better and my life has improved and my network has strengthened and um, I feel like I've improved as a man. And that's really just my goal is just be better than what I was yesterday, last week, last month, last year and all that stuff, right? Which is hard to do as you get older because you get older. It's scary when I see people around you being like... uh uh they disappear either by matrix or something or they get banned from social media for saying some basic truths or you know it's scary like i'm sometimes thinking like 
one day maybe they will like ban you and maybe you will get removed from big tech and i i'm guessing i wouldn't i don't be fly too close to the sun i don't fly too close to the sun like i that's true that's true yeah i understand <laughs> look look i mean there's probably some people that are watching this right now that were at the event that i was doing on on saturday so a buddy of mine held a private event on saturday and my two-hour talk went on for almost three hours with the group that we had in the room <clears throat> the conversations that i have offline are totally different from what we have here on the air they're different from when i'm sitting in a room my boys you know the general tier when we're sitting at a ski resort or on a boat or when we're hunting pigs or anything like that um <laughs> that's that's just the reality of the world that we live in man and i hope that i am clear and concise enough in my messaging that people can see when I, I start talking about certain ideas that there's more to it that i just simply can't touch on publicly because people disappear you know <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> yeah you know, people do disappear yeah the powers that be are you know i mean you know everything that we are talking about you know like uh we all know what happened to people that uh, re that didn't recommend the jab. And, you know, I have a jab friend and uh, last week uh, he got a heart attack and he's 23 and uh, the helicopter needed to come and give him a ride to the capital sure. city. So, you know, you, you kind of see like, uh, and if somebody didn't recommend him the jab, you know, they would get arrested or banned from social media. But uh, when I see him last week, you know, I don't, I haven't heard any time. I, I can ask my family, my granddad, my grand grandfather, mm -hmm. my father. Have you ever heard about 23 year old boy that, you know, got a heart attack and no. had to be air, airlifted by a helicopter? It's you know, very they're, they're, uncommon for like, men to have cardiovascular health issues in their 20s. But how many guys yeah, do you know and that I know? Like <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, I was talking earlier before about how when they first launched this whole scamdemic movement and they had you standing on dots and wear the mask and all this sort of stuff. After a few months, I'm like, okay, so where are the bodies? Like, who do I know that's sick? Who do, who do I know that knows somebody that's sick? Who do I know that knows somebody that died? And I couldn't think of anybody. But today, I know people that are either sick or have died personally or by extension personally as a result of taking the experimental test. So, you know, but uh, if you, you have, if we, if this conversation was going too long, the algorithm would pick up our words. You would get, you know. Yeah, that's why you have to dance around them and be like, okay, next topic. You have to call it jab. You have to call it scandal. You know, like yeah. you have to just dance around the truth. You know, that's yeah. the that's the world that we live in. Like, and uh, you know, I I watched the Joe Rogan had like it's one of his most viewed episodes. Like there was this like Indi uh from like Naval, some Indian guy. You know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's the entrepreneur, yeah. angel investor. Yeah, yeah, some interesting conversation they were having, like, you're, you are not picking your president. Like, uh, your algorithms of YouTube and Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. are picking your yeah, president. You know? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, uh, it's interesting, like, uh, what, what is the world going through and what's happening? No, listen, man, algorithms play a huge, huge role in communication and what people get to say and talk about. And I'm... and. And I have a glimmer of hope because I see, I see Mark Zuckerberg participating in combat sports now. I, I see him climbing the ranks of jujitsu, and I see him challenging and Elon Musk accepting the challenge of competition. So I see a light at the end of the tunnel with these guys actually becoming stronger, embracing masculinity, uh, accepting male competition and competitiveness, the importance of testosterone. 
you may see some changes to it. I think that Twitter is probably the best, or X, or whatever you want to call it now. Like, I think X is probably the best platform to be on. I'm grateful that, you know, he bought it and he's doing what he's doing with it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the reality of the world. Like I had a podcast interview with Peter McCullough, uh, who was also on the Joe Rogan podcast and it only lasted on my channel for, I think two days before they took it down and they struck my channel, you know, because of it, but it, but it stayed up on Facebook, which was, you know, bizarre to me. Um, they didn't take it down on Facebook, but YouTube did. So that conversation exists on my Facebook page at entrepreneurs and cars somewhere back in time. Uh, but it disappeared off my channel and it was a really good conversation. Peter McCullough, like dude is a foremost leader in, uh, heart and cardiology and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, wow, this is where we are. You know, right. So just picked it up instantly in like two days within, within two days, poof, it was gone. So, (laughs) I mean, like, you've got to be aware of these things, man. Like, you know, when I talk about stuff like this, I, I think most of you guys are unplugged, you know, to the sense where you can read between the lines, you know, when we talk about stuff and, um, yeah, just, you know, guys just, you know, Putin had like, uh, there, there was a record of Putin saying something interesting, like where he said, like, uh, the people that, uh, are currently making the AIs and algorithms are the future presidents of today. Yeah. And that's very, like, that's very, that's very interesting and smart. What he said, like, uh, how much truth there is to it. Like, you know, I see like, when I'm at family dinner, especially women like my mother or my girlfriend's mother, you know, they often they're, they're very, very gullible to the mainstream opinion. They will almost like uh, recite. Women generally are more agreeable. They're they're right. they're women are from a trait perspective much higher on agreeableness than disagreeableness. Like if you watch the last ladies' night that I did with Moff, one of the questions I asked at the end because I wanted to see what the gals would do. That I said, hey, you know, is Lizzo beautiful? And none of them would take a position. They wouldn't say, no, she's unattractive. She, she's, she's visibly repulsive to everybody, men and women, but they wouldn't take a strong position on it, right? So women tend to go more with the mainstream. And if the mainstream says that you're big, in it, sorry, that you're beautiful at any size and you're healthy at any size, she can do whatever she wants. You know, that's basically how they handle it. You know, like... Um... Yeah, yeah, they're very well. Like when we sit at the, the, you know, that we have dinner, they they almost repeat like what they read in newspapers or what they hear from CNN. Like they, they repeat the same lines. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like very, you know, like what you, you believe everything that you that some guy in the suit tells you. Like you believe yep. actually that you need three jabs for one. People, hey, look, man, people people call me a cult leader sometimes too because of the conversations that I have. But at least I'm, you know. Like I'm I talk not, about stuff and I let you guys make up your own mind. Let's just put it like, that way. I'm not even kidding. Like in my family, like uh, like women, you know, if, if they they seriously like believe that you need three or four jabs for that's, for this, even though they've never had nature. any vaccine three or four times, you know, that's like they nature. actually believe it. Like <laughs> if there is some guy, if there is some guy with a deep voice in a suit in very in his mm-hmm. in some studio with two cameras and lighting, and he says it in a deep voice, like he actually like they actually starts believing that where do you live in which country croatia croatia okay yeah 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 like it's very like scary how you can just uh say something with like Mm. support of mainstream and like it automatically becomes the truth you know like well you have authority when you're on the television and you work for a news station they still have more authority than anybody else out there right um but that's changing slowly so 
know, yeah, that's true, that's true. That's true. That's true. The podcasting is taking slowly but surely. Like uh, Joe Rogan should... had a lot of influence during the whole scandemic thing with the guests that he brought on, and mm -hmm. I think swaying public opinion a lot more than what we're willing to acknowledge and recognize. Although I think that the if you want to call it the Matrix, um, knew that he was a problem, which is why they tried to cancel him. Like they tried to cancel him by using the whole race card. Remember when they went through like. 2000 of his old podcasts and they look for um you know like small sound bites where the n-word was taken into a certain context that they tried to stitch together to make them look bad sort of thing like that's what they'll try to do right so and, uh, you know like uh they, they all they, they all have their you know their ways you can see you can just see how like uh, you see the code like you know in the matrix yeah. like so to the point of the definition of a high value man uh, you know a high value man sees all this stuff sees it all uh, understands it, recognizes it, and leads in it, uh, despite or in spite of the challenges that he receives from family, friends, culture, society. He doesn't care, right? He like, just doesn't uh, care. When I see any of you YouTubers like that, are, that associate with you, that have like your similar ways of thinking, like that men should work out, they should make money, yeah. they don't need female friends. They need to work on themselves. They need to pursue excellence, chase greatness, be captivating, interesting, always have mm -hmm. something to do. Don't just sit and be useless. Like I never see that message pushed anywhere in the mainstream. Never, ever. No. Like I see I see message that me, that men you can't can you can't control up. men that think like that. That's why. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, well, you know what messages I do see pushed that uh, a man can marry another man, that you can change mm -hmm. your gender, that you are anything that uh, you know, I watched your channel a few years ago. You know when I when I think that you lost faith in Canada, but I you know, I watched your channel that was years ago, maybe two mm -hmm. or three years ago. You mm -hmm. said that you were driving your kid in the car and uh, one time your kid said, like, why did you assume her gender? Right. That's yeah. it's completely insane that she's being taught that in school. In like, elementary school, in elementary school. Insane. That's completely insane. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the, your tax dollars, your 58% tax rate is paying for that so, so she can learn that. You know, yeah. process that. Yeah. Think about <laughs> that's it. That's the direction that we're going in. Like, <laughs> thousand percent. All right. Um, I'll let you go because I got somebody else waiting to hop in here. And uh, yeah, I want to make Bye. some time for some other callers. Thanks for popping in, man. See you, buddy. Bye bye. All right, um, we'll grab Mick in a second. Again, guys, if you want to call in and ask a question, the link is pinned above. It's just a StreamYard link. Uh, make sure you got a good connection, all that good stuff. Um, Mick, here you are. Hey, buddy. Hey. Oh, I thought I was... In the, in What's the up, man? What's crack-a-lacking? Uh, not much. Uh, I think I've talked to you maybe like two Sorry, years Sorry, now ago. I can hear you again. Go. I think I've talked to you like maybe like two or a year and a half ago mm -hmm. uh, about how to balance between when you're working so hard, when you are chasing excellence, how you save time or get some time to, you know, meet other female or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I think we didn't really get into that, but that was not really my question. My question is, one of your best message that I like the most is uh, the one you talk about, or your talking point. It's belief um, will will dictate your action, and your action will dictate the consequence. Love it, but at the same time, I I think sometimes when we talk about belief, there there are some reality that we don't uh, put in place. Why do I say that? Um, when I started like going out and meet, meeting female, whatever, 
Uh, this is one of the talking points of the black pill, which I'm not, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. they emphasize on looks. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why uh, in the red pill community, we don't really talk about looks because you have ceilings. I know I have, I have a group of friends. We can be three or four groups. We'll go mm -hmm. somewhere. We'll start talking to ladies. Yeah. You will know who the girls like the most. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good, how, how, how much money you're making, how you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks just like. Yeah, just it's very important. But, but I mean, like one of the reasons why you don't hear the Mano Swamp talking about looks that often is because they always have a pickup artist course to, to, to sell, you know, some, some bullshit. So, I mean, they can sell you on lines and how to text and, you know, how to get the same night lay and all that sort of stuff and, you know, cold approach and how to neg and all that. Like, that's why, because, and then you get the black pill that seems to focus on go and get leg, leg lengthening, uh, surgery to make yourself two inches taller or jaw reconstruction or plugs like hair transplants. Like they, like there's all these different angles and strategies. Um, so do looks matter? Yeah. I mean, I've never denied that looks matter. I've always said that looks is an important component of attraction. You should look good. You should dress well. You should um, have a look. Like you should have a look. Like you should figure out what looks good on you, right? And optimize that and then lean into it hard. Um, so it's incredibly important to play that part and look good. Smell good. You know, dress nice. Like it's just like basic shit. Yeah. And don't you think that uh, people should like redirect their 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 ceiling their belief because let's yeah be so to your early point because you were talking about um results choices beliefs okay yes. which is which is what i was mentioning so for those of you guys that are watching new for the first time um if you can picture an iceberg with just the tip showing just above the water because everybody knows what that looks like or a glass of water with a uh, ice cube in it um, results are the only thing that we see from my life, from my friend Mick's life, from anybody else watching right now, we can see your results, you know, whether we see it in person when we meet or we see it online with your social media footprint or whatever it happens to be, your results are front and center. So that's the top of the iceberg. That's what we see, you know, at the top of the glass, everything beneath that is, is what sort of leads up to that. So we, we all have a belief system that is used to govern choices that we make. And the choices that we make every day are used to get the results that we can all see. So whenever I see somebody with shitty results in their life, I know it's because they make shitty choices. And I know that their shitty choices all come from a broken belief system, right? So that's why I often say this, and I don't say it maybe enough or loud enough, but it's, you should judge people. I think that you should judge the results that they get out of life and decide if that's somebody that you want to be around, whether it's a friend, whether it's a woman, whether it's somebody you want to have children with or whatever it happens to be, you should be, and I hate to say it, but there's no other way to say it, judgmental, right? Decide it, decide what this person's about, size them up based on the results that they, you know, carry about in their life, the kind of car they drive, the kind of uh, days that they spend, you know, you know, with their time off on their weekends, you know, their hobbies and interests and all that sort of stuff that all comes from choices and beliefs. And you shouldn't be here to, to change anybody's beliefs or have them make better choices. Maybe if you have family, maybe if you have friends, maybe if they're asking for help, maybe if you have a, a good friend that's getting 
you know, beat up in his divorce or something like that. Or you have a guy that keeps simping for loser women, you know, for example, like uh, inadequate or difficult or problematic women, then you can help him update his uh, beliefs to make better choices. But they don't always want that, man. They don't, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's difficult work to, 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 to change what you believe in, you know, what you subscribe to. What, how, how far do you like expand the belief? Cause I think I don't, as, has, I don't anymore. Like now I don't have time. It's like, look, dude, like even my brother, like I'll talk to my brother about something. Like I, you know, I saw him on the weekend and we'll chop it up and we'll have an idea about something and he might disagree with me. Right. And I see that he disagrees with me and he's my brother. He's my flesh and blood. Same, same father, same mother, flesh and blood. You know, we look similar. We've grown up together. I know that I am not going to change the beliefs that he used to make choices to get the results. So it's like, you just have to sort of surrender. And in some cases, peacefully, just, uh, be at a place where you're okay with it because it's not my place anymore to twist people's arm. I'm not interested in that. It's like, I'll talk, you know, I'll show you what I do. Um, I'll lead, I'll have conversations, but most, yeah, somebody, the comment just said it, but most people don't want to change. Yeah. Um, and also I, I read a book about, uh, atomic habit and that really atomic habits is a good book. Yeah. James, really, uh, clear. It, yeah. Give me a lot of perspective. There's a lot of things. I'm in my thirties, like, habits about. habits by the way mick is the choices part of that equation beliefs choices results the habits the book atomic habits is about the choices part hmm. you know if you think yeah, about it because i mean if you are already older it's kind of very hard to change what you've been doing mm-hmm. for yep. so uh, i think someone asked before maybe one of your previous one how do you become that that guy you know or that high value man if you spend like 40 years or 35 years doing these type of habits. We take it seriously, man. You know, you just got to take it seriously. You just got to lean in and be like, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be fat anymore. I don't want to be poor anymore. I don't want to be insignificant anymore. I don't want to, you know, like how bad do you want it? How badly do you want to change or raise your standards? Right. What's it worth to you? You know, is basically the question, you know, that you got to ask yourself is it, is this worth it to me? Because there's guys all the time, dude, that they just check out and they'll be like, it's not worth it. Like women aren't worth it for me. And there's guys out there that, you know, they'll go MGTOW, they'll go black pill, whatever. They'll just be like, not worth it for me. Okay. Because there, there are That's people fine too. who have done work, who've worked out since they were younger mm-hmm. and kept doing it when they're older. Yeah. People who have had some good habits, like you, you say, you're always on time. You've yeah. been doing that since you were young. Your father mm-hmm. put, it in, put it in you mm-hmm. and you kept doing it today. My question is, like changing that belief is one thing, but it's very hard. If you've been doing something for like 30 plus year, then you can believe all you want, but you're just going to keep falling back to it. Again, man, how bad do you want it? Because you're either going to find a way or you're going to find an excuse. Okay. That's really what it boils down to. Cool, Mick. I got a couple other guys that I want to sort of grab here before we uh, wrap up the show. All right. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Take care. All right, um, let's try to get through the last two over here, and then we're going to switch over to uh, ladies' night. Got R, who wants to talk about fresh and fit, soft, white, under better entrepreneur books info. Okay, R, what's up, buddy? Hey, Larich, how's it going? Good. What's crack locking? Hey, just always appreciate your stuff, and I got some questions for you. Uh, yeah, Europe was cool. I had an idea that you would uh, like it, and maybe think about putting another thing down. You were talking about your boat stuff, mm. um, so that's cool. Looking forward to that. Um, fresh and fit. 
their business yep. model. They uh, they're going to rumble basically it seems, and you know Myron's tripping. Mm -hmm. uh, what any thoughts on? Cause if I was I was talking with a friend recently, trying to do like internet internet stuff, internet mm -hmm. uh, anything, and uh, that happened well, like a, day, a day after. So it's kind of funny. the the YouTube partner <clears throat> program lets you monetize your channel, and they haven't removed them from YouTube. They've just demonetized the channel, which means they won't. They, they can't get super chats and they can't uh, run ads on their videos. They can't get super thanks. They can't participate in um, there's a sponsorship program. I can't remember what it's called. They can't sell t-shirts or any of the stuff that's sort of like all incorporated into it. So um, I, I haven't talked to Myron in a long time. Uh, so I don't know what his revenues would look like. I mean, he was, he was a mentee of mine years ago before he even started the fresher fit channel. Yep. But um, I mean, I would estimate they were probably doing seventy-five thousand to one hundred thousand in uh, super chats monthly, and about a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand in ad revenue. So that's a lot of money. I mean, you know, they've probably lost about a quarter million dollars in revenue monthly. Um, so that means that they're probably going to have to make some changes about how they run the channel and find other ways to monetize. They'll probably have to crowdfund, yeah. um, you know, from their audience. Um, I did like I never really understood the whole. Like like seventy five to hundred, I think it was two or three years ago. There's a website somebody showed me that organized um, the most super chatted channels on the internet, and I think mm -hmm. like the Fresh and Fit podcast was like number one in North America. Oh wow, okay. And I think they said at that time it was like seventy five to eighty five thousand dollars a month in super chats. I never understood the amount of wow. money people throw yeah. in super chats on that show. Um, it really just seems to be like to like shit on like the guests, like you know, yeah. like. Look at this three or four and whatever. Same, you know, it's same like, thing with the whatever podcast too. It's yeah, it's like that, to that just disparage them. I don't know. So, um, I don't know. So, I mean, Myron, I was talking to some friends about this the other day. Myron actually reached out to me uh, a couple weeks ago or about a week ago, and he asked me to come on his show. So, yeah. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta figure that out. But hopefully, it works out for them. I'm sure he'll figure it out. He's not stupid. Yeah, this is the first domino though. I just kind of worry about uh the viability of not only your stuff but anyone else that you know yeah. myself or anyone else that was looking and finding a lot of value from this man talk stuff and um, being able to do it in the future um but youtube probably isn't going to be the thing forever either hopefully there's something else yeah i th hopefully x or twitter or whatever we're going to end up yeah. calling this thing in the future will be like the real deal i mean if anybody's got the the balls the gumption the foresight to fix a free speech platform especially a video platform hopefully hopefully they can integrate it in there too um i hope it's elon musk's um and maybe it happens like we'll yeah. see yeah. um you had a couple other things too that you want to check yeah somebody here said that uh fresh and fit was a little too jerry springer that's that's probably the best way to sort of like sum it up is it's, it's uh, a i'm, a, I'm, a, I'm american i whatever people can do whatever they want in my opinion and yep. it's kind of just weird that they're just stepping in on one person and it just makes me think that they're going to keep going um it's not going to stop there essentially that was just that's i mean person, i was like, surprised they were monetized as long as they were to yeah, be honest with you you know with the stuff they were doing with the yeah. yelling and the screaming and the girls that would come in with the guns and all that sort of stuff like there's some weird shit that went down so I'm you had a, you had a good point about the, that list that you mentioned though that's probably how they deduced who to go after because if they're the, the top kind of that kind of content as well that's kind of easy and by the way, you know, keep in mind, like YouTube loses, I think it's 45% of that revenue. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's almost half that YouTube just said, you know what? Fuck it. We don't need this money anymore. We're just going to cut them off and we don't need it. So from a business perspective, I mean, that's, that's where they are. 
Interesting. All right. Well, uh, soft white underbelly. Did you see the episode, or uh, you're maybe familiar with the the channel? Uh, they had a another divorce lawyer. I know you've had. I forgot yeah, I saw that actually the other day, and yeah. I didn't realize that that's an, a slightly older video. Somebody shared it in my community mm -hmm. uh, like three or four months ago. Yeah, and I, I got it from, watched it. I got the clips from the Man of Manosphere Highlights Daily channel. He has some decent stuff. I think it's at least funny. Um, yeah. But uh, I watched the whole thing last night, and it was. It Is was that the Romanian guy? No, it's uh, he's in he's in New York, I believe. Oh, okay, he's, he's divorced, James Sexton, and uh, he had a lot of good points. No, no, I'm man. talking about the Manosphere oh. Highlight Channel. Is oh, that the I'm Romanian actually, guy. I haven't looked into it too much. He's with bald, him. shaves his head, or is that another channel? I don't think I've ever seen a okay. picture of him, but no, okay, so I haven't seen that. But like, I haven't seen the clips, but I watched the whole video, and I yep. thought it was interesting because because a lot of it sort of solidified and echoed what I wrote in my book in the mm -hmm. chapters when it came to you know love and marriage and divorce and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, he sounded a lot like my divorce lawyer, to be honest with you. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I think my divorce lawyer's got better stories, but he doesn't want oh, to cool. talk about them publicly. And that's a missed opportunity. I mean, he had the thing about like the soulmates and yeah. uh, that was really interesting. And then yeah, he said something, said something about the judge agreeing with him when he mentioned that it was it was pitiful that his client had to go get $50, you know, hand sessions. Hand jobs. Yeah. 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 And yeah. uh and I was like, wow, the judge actually agreed with that. I, no, I've never been uh, married, divorced, whatever, got any of that kind of stuff. But I was no, surprised. Some smart lawyers that know how to, you know, like run the system, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really interesting. And he, you know, he, he was a character. So I, it just kind of gives me ideas to... Uh, that, by the way, that's the kind of guy that you want to be your divorce lawyer yes. if you have to untie the knot. Like a guy yeah. like that is the, the atypical sort of alpha male mm -hmm. player that's been in the game that knows how to run run you through the gauntlet without without destroying your life too badly yeah yeah i was very uh it was he was entertaining at least so yeah and, um i got another guy waiting man did you have anything else or can i bounce uh, that, that's it minutes? for now okay yeah. brother thanks man appreciate okay. it all right uh and last one we'll uh give it to dl saint what's up my man what's good brother how you feeling i'm good man how are you i'm all right thanks for having me on man before we get started real quick you're f1 guy f1 formula one yeah formula one yeah i'm assuming mclaren well, you know, Verstappen's doing real well, and I like him as a driver and a guy. But, yeah, McLaren's doing better this year. Yeah, I'm a Mercedes guy myself. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Lewis. I'm new to it. I've only been in in, the, in F1 for a few years. But, uh, yeah. man, I love it, bro. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Verstappen is a beast right now. You got to give it to him. Whatever no, Red Bull's doing I don't, over here works. I don't like to recommend Netflix that much because, I mean, a lot of the stuff they put out there is kind of shit. But but the um, series they put out about 41, I think it's like Driven to Survive or Driven to Race. Or drive, like. drive to Survive. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah. That's what hooked me on. When that, yeah, when it's pretty season good. Season one is what caught me uh, just bored. And that's when the lockdown started. I was in, I was in I, Cali. I was in L.A. I'd actually rather watch that than watch like the individual races, although I do watch some of the individual races with one of my brothers. Oh, I subscribe to the uh, to the app, bro. I I watch I watch the preliminaries. I watch the you know I watch the the warm up races, like the the familiarizing. I watch the qualifying. I, I love gotcha. it, man. I, like I love it. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'll never try to drive like that. I'm too old. I'm in my fifties now. But boy, if I were a young man, boy, that'd be something to do, right? You know, yeah. paratrooper. You more, we want excitement. But here's here's the deal, bro. Um, What's thanks up? for taking thanks for taking time to talk to me, brother. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, I got a quick four minutes, by the way. You know, before we got to wrap up. Cool, cool. We'll go through it real quick. I just really wanted to ask you about lonely men. I was, um, uh, I've been talking a lot about that lately. I was in a gentleman's club uh, mm. here, here in uh, Central Florida. Uh, mm. In Tampa is one spot that has really the best fillet in town, but it's inside of a gentleman's club, right? People are like you go in there for the women, like bro, the steak is really good. And then mm -hmm. when people come in, they're like, oh, you're right, the steak is really good, and the lamb mm -hmm. pops are amazing. But I was in there one night, and there was this guy, you know, the average guy. 
you know, uh, overweight, you know, Americans, you know, overweight, he's, you know, he's like looking tacky, but he's a wealthy dude. Mm-hmm. He comes from money, real money, you know, and um, this guy was so lonely, bro. It was painful to watch him. I mean, he wasn't there trying to rent the girls, whatever. Mm-hmm. They knew him in there, but he just wanted a conversation, man. And uh, I actually felt bad for not engaging this brother in conversation. He's sitting right next to him. He's buying shots for everybody. I didn't mm-hmm. want the shots. He's like, you know, you're talking loud, trying to, you mm-hmm. know, some girl was leaning on me. He's apologizing for her. I'm trying to read a script. I didn't really care. But I felt bad, man. What's your take on that, man? I, I really thought that I should have helped that brother. In fact, next time I go in, I'm going to talk to my, um, my bartender friend who told me, when he left, she told me who he was, and I like was it, that was it, just was it was it Tupac or was it Biggie that said that I want you to eat? I just don't want you to eat at my table. I don't know. You got me on that. That sounds like something that uh, Big. I think it's a Tupac line. Anyway, <laughs> you so, think it's a Pac line, but that's not like something. Yeah. That's a player. That's a player right there. Yeah, it's like you know, there's guys out there that you just want to be like you want them to be okay, and as you kind of do this stuff and you've done as long as I have, I mean, you start to develop a little bit of a soft spell, you know, for guys like that. Like you, like I have more empathy for some of the shit that guys have to put up with. Um, but it's just like, man, just, I can't hang out with you. Like you're not part of my tribe. Like there's us versus them. And it's like, you know, you're on that side and, and you just can't fix that. Um, so enjoy your steak, enjoy your saying. drink, you know, but it goes back to what you were like, saying about how you drive, what you drive, how you dress, how you present yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't have time for Sims in my life, man. Like I'm not gonna fix it. Mm. Yeah, because I, I mean, I feel bad. I didn't do anything that night. I was like you. I'm like, I want you to eat, but now at my table. That's that, I'm gonna find out who said that. That's fire. But I did treat him like that. But I thought about it. And like, well, if, if I'm in this space where I claim to be helping men, mm-hmm. I'm trying to help men. I should have helped that guy just with some conversation. Like, look, bro, this is how you do it. Not even trying to make nah, money off of you or anything nah, like that. You mind, say no. Like, uh, no, nah, I don't. I mean. You know what I do like the most that I ever do, you know, in public to try to help a guy out? What's that? This is what I do. I see this all the time where guys are like Instagram boyfriends, you know, like you see, like, you know, I see it when I travel, I see it in Tulum, I saw it in uh, Sardinia, you know, you see the guy taking the photographs and it's like, different angles and all this sort of stuff. I just walk by, be like, I do one of two things. I go, do you want to take a picture of you two together so that at least you guys have something together or... If I want to be a little bit more arrogant, I'll just be like, yo, you know, she's going to use those on social media, to get attention from other guys. And I'll just keep walking. <laughs> right. That's it, man. I don't, I don't want to convince you. I don't want to sell you. It's like, look, you know, like if that's, if that's a path that you've chosen, like if you don't see that as a problem and you're all about it and you're like, let me be the Instagram boyfriend or whatever, it is what it is, man. There's no fixing that. Like you can't fix stupid. Did you did you get here because you tried to help or you just observed and was like it's just not worth my time? Bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah, bit of both. Yeah, because I've been too not. hard, I think, on on cats. I've been watching. I'm, I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna try to help some of these dudes, but um, but I feel you. There's some people that you you just can't help. I, I yeah, get let them come to you. Yeah, yeah. It's like somebody who said here in the chat. It's like it's like paying for a guy's gym membership, right? See what I'm saying? Facts. Anyway, uh, got to wrap it up. Got to take a quick break. We're doing ladies' night in a little bit. Thanks for popping on, DL. Hope you have an awesome night. Peace out. Um, guys, uh, Mop's got a few girls lined up. Uh, round two, ladies' night. I think there's a panel of four. 
Uh, going to do a quick outro reel and, uh, you know, we'll see you guys in like 15 minutes, same channel. We're going to kick off at about 8.45. So uh, we'll see you in a bit. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top 